0: With summer closing in, I am so ready to ditch my cold weather clothes and say hello to shorts and tees. But I don't want to just buy what's trendy. I want to update timeless, high quality summer pieces that I can utilize for all seasons and years to come without spending a fortune. And now I've got a lineup of beautiful clothes from Quince that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year.
1: Like premium European linen dresses Blosses and shorts from $30. I'm talking about, babe.
0: There's washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. It's actually because they partner directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. I actually just ordered their linen shorts, tops, and pants that I plan to wear for this summer because they're lightweight, and I'm so excited to get them and start planning my Quince capsule wardrobe for my summer travels. Honestly, I have so much Quince clothing, and I love it all.
1: Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash husband for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash husband to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash husband when you're traveling do you ever stress about what's happening back home like did you forget to lock up or leave a window open that's why we totally suggest getting simply safe home security today for top-notch security and peace of mind no matter where your summer adventures take you That's actually such a good point i think that is one of the main reasons peyton and i love simply safe as well is Did I lock the front door? Did I do this? Is a window open? You can just tell exactly what's going on in your home.
0: Right, and I I know like when we travel, it is so nice to just have that peace of mind to know that your home is okay. There's also a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras that we've installed so we have view of our entire house, every entry point. Plus, I just feel relieved knowing that it's backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day.
1: Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com safe.com/ husband there's no safe like simply
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder With My Husband. I'm Peyton Morland.
1: And I'm Garrett Morland.
0: And he's the husband. And
1: I'm the husband.
0: Welcome back. I know that last week we were going to try to get out two episodes, but it just ended up being a way busy week for both of us. And so we're here today with part two of Chris Watts' case, the Watts family um, murders, basically.
1: Yeah, and good news, Peyton is feeling better, so she's ready to go.
0: I am feeling so much better. Thank you to everyone who was messaging in and commenting wishing me to feel better. It worked. You were it worked. You guys are all perfect. <laughs> Uh, we just want to say thank you to everyone for the support we've been getting on social media and for sharing. Just a reminder, if you haven't yet, please leave us a review if whatever platform you are listening on allows it. It really helps us out. Also, to follow on social media, Murder With My Husband, on all platforms. I know we just keep saying it, but it just really, really helps us out, helps us grow, which is what we want to do. So,
1: And if we grow and get big, then Peyton for sure will be able to do research for two episodes a week.
0: Okay. Okay. Don't go promise. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I really do. I'm, I can't even believe that I've been getting to do this this long and create this community with you guys. And I just feel like I have so many friends and I just want to be doing it full time. Garrett and I have full-time jobs outside of this. And so the more we grow and the bigger this gets, the more time and attention we can put into it, which I want to do. Totally. Okay. So let's just get right into it. Last week, we did part one of the Chris Watts case. Uh, We were doing this because Netflix just came out with a brand new documentary on it. Like I said, last week, there are a lot of documentaries and shows about this case, but it was just kind of gaining some popularity. So a couple of you guys wrote in wanting us to cover it. So here we are. So if you haven't listened to last week's case, Go back and listen. It's Chris Watts part one. Go back and listen to that one because we are going to be jumping right into the middle of the story. So I don't want you to be lost. But a recap for those who have listened. Last week we discussed how Shanann and Chris, who had two daughters, Bella and Cece, Shanann was pregnant with Nico, their baby boy. She was 15 weeks pregnant at the time. We discovered that Chris was having an affair with Nicole Bad Nicole. With Bad Nicole and Shanann was starting to feel like something was wrong with Chris. She felt him pulling away. They were fighting a lot. She went on a trip, came home in the middle of the night, and then when he woke up for work that morning, according to him, they proceeded to have a fight. That morning, he strangled her as well as his two daughters and then went to work. So then we jumped back into where good nicole which is Shannon's friend comes over to her house in the morning because she's not replying to texts she's worried about her she calls the cops chris comes home he's acting super weird we see all of this on the body cam footage of the police and that's basically where we were at they're finishing up at Shannon's house the day she went missing
1: okay i remember that now
0: so after there is not much left to do at the house the officer decides to go to the neighbor's house to watch the footage on his security cameras. Remember how neighbor Nate came over and was like, I mm-hmm. could catch any footage that happened outside of this house. So the cop's like, Let's go over there and actually watch the footage since we know he caught something. Chris goes with him. Goes oh, okay. with the cop over to the over to Nate neighbor's house.
1: And I've been curious about that footage since you brought it up Mm -hmm. last week.
0: Yeah. So Chris is super, super antsy in this part of the police body cam footage. Let's remember, it's not even been 12 hours since he murdered his wife and kids. And he's now going to watch himself cover up the murders on camera at his neighbor's house with an officer standing in the room. He's scared out of his mind right now. And you can tell. In the footage like it is so eerie to watch
1: oh i'm sure
0: the neighbor pulls up the footage and when so they're at the neighbor's house he pulls up the footage and when the officer asks a question um, about the footage kind of confirming his interest in the footage so they just have been pulling up the footage and then he asks some question like uh and does this record all day long or does this save all some some random question mm-hmm. chris glances over like a teenager who's seeing if their parents have caught them in the middle of doing something wrong Like he literally glances over as soon as the cop shows interest in the footage and it, his eyes are just like
1: He's just like oh crap like mm-hmm. i'm screwed. Yeah i'm gonna get caught uh-huh.
0: Yeah, like oh he really does care about what's on this footage. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is like wait Does he think it's important? Does he really care? Am I getting found out? He's so suspicious He's also sweating now you can see in the body cam footage that his face is damp. Wow So the most unsettling part when watching this is that Chris is standing next to the TV that is facing the room while the neighbor, Nate, and the officer are standing in the room. So instead of going and standing by the officer and by Nate in front of the TV to watch, he goes and stands next to the TV and faces the officer and Nate. Almost like he doesn't want to watch what's on the TV.
1: Like if he can't see it, it didn't happen.
0: Which you know if that was me who is missing you would be front and center on that tv like can't get it up fast enough show me the footage is anything on there you know Mm -hmm. chris is once again looking down at his phone in this footage trying to portray that he's not caring he's not interested in whatever the neighbor is going to show them on the tv once again he's doing this to downplay the magnitude that this footage could hold if he pretends it's not that big a deal and shows disinterest maybe they will too keep in mind. Chris most likely isn't consciously making this decision, but because he's guilty, he's automatically doing it. Once he puts his phone away because he obviously needs to watch the footage with the other two, he starts babbling around defending everything they're watching, Oh, that's me pulling my truck in because um, I had to load my tools. Oh, yeah, that, that no, that's me opening. He's explaining away everything that they are watching instead of just watching to see if anything happened to his wife.
1: Like, Yeah, exactly. Watching to see, well, where's my wife yeah. at?
0: Instead, he's justifying all the behavior that they're seeing. And keep in mind, this footage, their driveway is quite a ways away. It's kind of in the top corner of the footage. So it's not like you're even seeing even outlines like you can maybe see that there's movement going on inside but it's not like super clear it's just if a car had pulled up or when Chris pulled his truck halfway into the garage you see it and then you can kind of see some movement but there's no details or anything
1: oh so what it's not like how our ring camera gets people that are on the sidewalk it's not like that clear where you can see the people Mm -hmm. it's
0: not like that clear because it's the neighbor's house next door so it's just kind of off in the background a little bit okay So in the middle of the footage, he sighs, Chris sighs, and then looks away towards the door. He does not like the situation at all. He wants to leave. He's uncomfortable. Um, This is more behavior analysis. Think of, you know, instinctual fight or flight. He wants to get out of there right now. He doesn't want to be confronting the situation that he's watching himself cover up the murders of his wife and daughters on camera right now and you can't see detail obviously but he knows what's going on on the camera even though it's not that obvious to everyone else
1: it's like the feeling you get when you know you've done something wrong and people are looking at you and you're like do do they know too or like is it just you know what i'm saying i just
0: rather get out of here he doesn't even want to confront the situation this is the first time in all of the body cam footage that we see chris act distressed he's pacing he's nervous he puts his hand both hands on top of his head and like clasps his fingers to relax his breathing he's breathing so fast that it's like he just finished jogging he puts his hands up there and is just
1: and are they looking at him like do the cops turn around and go what are you doing
0: no no one says anything but this is the first time i mean they were just in his home he's not even acting distressed at all but now that he's worried about what this camera caught he's freaking out that he has to lower his heart rate by putting his hands up on his head also in the middle his glasses fall down so he has his glasses on top of his head his sunglasses they literally fall down his face at one point because he's sweating so bad that they've lost their grip on his head oh my
1: gosh he's freaking out Mm
0: -hmm. Chris has no interest in using the neighbor's camera to find his wife and it's clearly obvious he uses this whole time to just defend his actions of pulling into the garage and loading his tools in because he knows that's not what he was doing, he just keeps justifying it to everyone, um, even though no one asked twice why he did it. But he just keeps over and over stating, well, I was putting my tools in my car. And no one asked again.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, Are the co- is the cops suspicious at all? Like, are those tools or are they not tools?
0: I don't think... I don't think at first they're thinking he's loading their bodies into his truck. Uh But when he just keeps saying over and over, oh, I'm just loading my tools in. Oh, no, I'm just loading my tools in. And they're not asking anything. He just says it out of the blue. They're kind of like, "Okay, we get it. You're loading your tools in. you don't have to. But then when someone's acting like that, that defensive behavior, no interest more on the defensive mode than the investigative mode. I think they're like they're obviously what the heck is going on here. The neighbor, Nate, fast forwards through the rest of the day after you see Chris leave for work that morning. He fast forwards through the rest of the day, explaining that if anyone had walked in or out of the house, a car had pulled in or out, he would have caught it. But it's clear that no one did. They fast forward through and no one comes in or out of the house. The TV they are watching the footage on goes black at one point because they've kind of just been talking about things. Um, but then Nate is sort of messing around with the remote and something pops up on the screen, like from the station they were watching before they pulled up the security footage. And it's actually a baby in a womb on the screen. Like it's like some, I don't know, maybe like a sci-fi thing oh, okay. showing that process or whatever. Uh-huh. And Chris looks at it, just glances at it and then turns to the officer and goes, oh, by the way, my wife is 15 weeks pregnant.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Chris keeps pacing, swaying, sighing, deflecting the rest of the video as the officer and Chris go to walk out of the door. They've finished watching all the footage. The officer stops and tells Chris to keep going. Go ahead and leave. I'm just going to stay back and get the, the neighbor's info real quick. You know, just police work. Chris is like, OK, and walks out the door. As soon as the door closes, the neighbor immediately turns to the cop and goes, he's not acting right at all.
1: No, Nate, Nate, Nate the neighbor, right? Nate, the neighbor. I wonder, so when, what did the cops say back?
0: So he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, he, he tells him Chris never pulls his truck halfway into the garage like that to load his tools. It's weird that it took him 50 minutes. I watch this footage every single morning. I check my cameras every single morning. He just walks from his door out with his lunch pal and his tools and gets in his truck and goes, it shouldn't have took him 50 minutes. And he goes, you know, he's acting suspicious. He's swaying. He's pacing. He's like rambling he goes he doesn't even talk he's the most quiet guy i've ever met in my life and all of a sudden he's rambling off to you just describing what he's done over oh and over my and gosh. over again
1: nate needs to be the cop yeah. that's and so crazy The cop.
0: i mean he does a good job he's like well the guy just lost his wife We, she's missing so you know we don't know how they would act and mm-hmm. the neighbor's like oh yeah totally but the neighbor knew something was wrong and so did the cop but he just had to he had to play it off because they don't know where the investigation is going to take them at this point. It's
1: like a total movie scene. As soon as he leaves, Nate's like, something is wrong.
0: And it's so cool to watch. I would highly suggest you go watch that part with the neighbor on the body cam footage on YouTube because he just instantly, the door closes and he turns to the cop with just these wide eyes and it's like, he's not acting right at all.
1: Wow, that's it's so crazy. So
0: cool. I mean, okay. It's not cool, but from like someone who loves true crime point of mm-hmm. view, I'm like, go neighbor, Nate, go. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah, I was trying to stay off um, social media, off murder with my husband, but I saw a couple comments that were like, Nate's a hero, Nate's the uh-huh. best. And I was like, oh, I need to get off or I'm, I'm going to know, know what's, what's going happen. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So this is kind of wraps up this whole part of the story for this day. Nothing super big happens the rest of the day. The next day. So now it's been one day since... Shannan, bella and cece and nico have been missing when police go back to chris's house they have dogs and they're going to send the cadaver dogs through the house to see if they can smell any body in there to see if maybe they were killed in there and taken out or whatever whatever just trying to get more clues to what's going on and news stations come to the house at the same time to do interviews local news stations these interviews with chris are the most awkward thing because you can tell he's lying in them and it's so uncomfortable these interviews have kind of become famous with this case whenever you read about this case or show it, you know does a series on this case or whatever they include these interviews because if you have ever watched an interview and someone pleading for their family members to come back who have been kidnapped or missing you're like this is the most suspicious behavior i have ever Uh seen from a family member like i can't even explain it he's emotionless he's just kind of like his eyes are darting back and forth and then like at some point he's just dead staring into the camera with like dead eyes i just wish they'd come back
1: he's just not even there no
0: and he's he's kind of stuttering over his words but it's not in like a i'm distressed because i don't know where my family is and so i'm stuttering. i can't even explain it and i hate to Rush to judgment off of behavior. But this is one of the most in-your-face suspicious behaviors I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like usually when, I mean, I guess I don't watch a lot of these interviews, but when you explain them, it sounds like they're good at lying yes. for the most mm-hmm. part.
0: He is not good at lying. Mm-hmm. It is, the, I mean, that's that's the thing about psychopaths is normally they're pretty good at lying because their whole life they've been having to fake what they think is acceptable behavior and emotion. So they get pretty good at it. Chris is just so out of his element trying to carry this huge lie on his shoulders. So missing posters are also put up this day and the local police are asking neighbors if they've seen anything, you know, just like a typical missing person investigation would be going. Do you ever find that when you're traveling, you can't help but worry about what's going on back home? Like, Again, did you remember to lock up everything or close all the windows? It's so easy for those little concerns to nag at you while you're trying to enjoy your trip. And that's why we highly recommend looking into Simply Safe home security today. It's all about giving you the top-notch security and total peace of mind, no matter where your summer adventures take you. It's like having that extra layer of protection so you can truly relax and enjoy your time away.
1: Simply Safe has given us and many of our listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Right now get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/husband. There's no safe like Simply Safe. their selection is designed to captivate and surprise, ensuring your heart rate remains as elevated as your imagination.
0: New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. That's audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. So after he does the interviews with the local news stations the next day, Chris volunteers to go in for just a volunteer interview with FBI agent Graham Coder, who is the lead interrogator. So they go to the police station and they sit down and they do these interviews. This first interview. They do a good job of making Chris feel comfortable right away in these interviews. So this is where I'm gonna get into behavior analysis on both the FBI and Chris. what each of them were doing during Uh this interrogate during there's a couple interrogations during these next interrogations so they walk in to do this um, interrogation Graham the FBI agent is not dressed in any FBI attire he sits on the same side of the table with Chris but makes him move into the corner seat so that he's locked in so in order to not uh intimidate him Uh he's not wearing a big fbi jacket he just is dressed like a normal person instead of sitting across from him to try to like you know act like it's official he sits on the same side to try to downplay it he does push him into the corner to make him feel like he can't escape but he's trying to make it seem really relaxed for chris He asks Chris about the whole story all over again. He needs to understand completely before, you know, he can start poking holes in Chris's story.
1: Something that I just thought of while you were saying that is how he asked for the whole story again. When I have to explain a story to someone more than two times, like I start to get annoyed or frustrated because, you know, it's just repetition Uh over and over. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like what that's doing to Chris. Yes. You know, especially
0: because it's a lie. Right. So you're just starting to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't just, you know, you start to miss things or skip things or add things. Right. Totally. So this tactic is also making Chris feel like they are on his side by just agreeing with everything. He's saying, oh, yeah, just tell us the story. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. They take his phone at the beginning for evidence, but they don't tell him it's for evidence. They just tell him, you know, we're going to confiscate your phone because this is an interview and whatever. And he gladly hands it over. After every statement that Chris makes in this interview, for instance, yeah, her phone was off. He asks, well, why do you think the phone was off?
1: Uh, That's okay. what the,
0: so he everything that he says, the FBI asks, well, why? Why do you think that
1: trying to get more information than just the basics. Mm-hmm.
0: trying to get him to choke up too. like totally. if, if he says something that doesn't make sense for him to have to explain it, he's going to have to add another lie, another lie. It's putting the pressure on him. After they get all of that out the way, Graham turns his chair to face Chris. He tells him that he has to ask him a hard question and please keep an open mind. And then he tells Chris that it's weird that they had marital issues the same day that she went missing. He's like, you know, we have to say it's weird that you say that you two got in a fight. Because he claims to them, oh, we got in a fight. I left for work. Came I mean, home, she's missing. Yep. So he says it's weird to me that you guys get in a fight about your marital issues. You say you're going to get a divorce. You tell her, her you want a divorce, and the same day she goes missing. Like we have to confront how strange that is. He justifies his reason for asking Chris so that Chris doesn't feel too attacked and lawyer up. Or so kinda, or all freaks out. Yes. Yeah, and... So all of the wording that the FBI agent is using is so tactical. Like he has everything he is using is. To get something in return. Oh wait,
1: so he hasn't lawyered up yet. No. So he's doing this, this all is volunteer, out of his own will. Yes. Okay.
0: Volunteer interview, and that's what they want because once a lawyer comes in,
1: it's way different.
0: You, you have way less of a chance of, of him choking up, stumbling over words, and then just confessing because he's no he knows he puts him he put himself in a corner.
1: And I'm sure part of it is that if he gets a lawyer, he thinks that's going to make him look guilty.
0: Exactly. Correct. Yes, mm-hmm. and that you know that is the other thing. Well, if I lawyer. Um, then they're going to be, be suspicious. But if I go in, there's it's unsafe to go in without a lawyer, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the most worst decision you could ever make if you're going to talk to the cops. I don't care if you're innocent or guilty. Okay, actually, if you're innocent, please, please, please get a lawyer. Please get a lawyer, okay? But if you're guilty, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. So, <laughs> so when confronted with this suspicion, Chris obviously defends himself, but he slips up by saying, this is something that, I would never do ever. What does this mean? This is something I would never do. He's already categorized what's happened to his wife and children, even though he doesn't know where they're at
1: as this, this murder, a.k.a. murder,
0: a.k.a. hurt them. Mm-hmm. He just said five seconds earlier that he has no idea what's happened to them or where they went. But then he confirms that something is ha- bad has happened by saying, this is something I would never do.
1: Those are words that I probably would never pick up on.
0: Mm hmm but when these are things that if he was innocent, he most likely wouldn't have said, this is something he would have said. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And when they say, well, what, like what, this is suspicious for us. He would say, I know, I don't know. You know, he wouldn't be like, mm-hmm. this is something he wouldn't justify himself. He wouldn't have to put up a defense for himself. They ask Chris if he's cheated on his wife. He says never. And that Shanann had never done it to him either, that they weren't like that. Their marriage wasn't like that. Keep in mind, the FBI has his phone and they would soon discover that he had a mistress. People, if you delete text messages, newsflash, they don't go away. If the FBI gets your phone, anything that has ever crossed that phone, unless you are Josh Powell, is going to come to light. Okay, (laughs) So it's so dumb that he lies about this because they've taken his phone. So they obviously are going to find out that he's cheating. Graham asks Chris what the state should do if they find the guy who took his wife and kids. He looks at Chris and says, okay, so what do you think we should do to the guy who took your wife and kids?
1: These are all such smart questions.
0: Yes. It's a, it's a trap because if he goes, well, you know, if he goes light on it, then it's him defending whoever took his wife and kids, which doesn't make sense. And if he goes hard on it and then he gets presumed guilty, you basically just told the judge to give you the death penalty. Totally. So it's a, it's a trap either way. Chris says, if his family is returned home safe, then whoever did it should get life in prison. Graham asks if the family is hurt, then what should they do? And Chris says, if those kids are hurt, I guess the death penalty. Take note of him calling his own kids those kids. He's disassociating himself. Mm
1: -hmm. He's already trying to disconnect from everything everything
0: that's going on. Um, They end the first interview here. Because it's kind of towards the end of the day, they had done all those, he had done all those news interviews, they had been searching the house and everything. Graham tells Chris that he's sorry about the harsh and tough questions he's asked, but, you know, he was just doing his job and Chris agrees He did this because he wants Chris to come in tomorrow again without a lawyer. So he wants to end the interview on good terms. Hey, Chris, I don't actually think you're guilty. I just have to do this because it's my job, brother. You get what I'm saying? And he's like, oh, yeah, totally.
1: And I was just going to say, so in this next interview that he's going to do, does he have a lawyer or does he just go in again without one?
0: Mm -mm. They did such a good job of making him feel comfortable. And if you see comments on this interview, because you can watch this whole interview, it's in. interrogation room so it's all through security cam footage if you see comments people are uncomfortable about how nice the fbi and people interrogating Mm -hmm. him are treating him they are they're treating him like a friend yes like a friend but they are doing this to try to get him to trust them enough to just explain what happened so it's all tactical they don't actually like chris watts they're disgusted because they know that something bad is happening and that he's lying. Oh
1: yeah, totally. But
0: they have to put it aside and act like they like him. So imagine actually how hard that would be to look into the face of evil and pretend like you liked him. Mm -hmm. That would be hard. Graham tells Chris that tomorrow they should do a polygraph test and move past everything that's going on and move past all the suspicion that's on him and just find his family.
1: So question real quick, because we've mentioned polygraph tests before on this podcast, Mm -hmm. and obviously we're not experts on it, Yeah, but you always talk about how they're not the most accurate, correct? Yes. So why would they want to do a polygraph test on him?
0: Because if he does fail the poly... Because they can't stand up in court. You can't use a polygraph test in court. So if he fails this test, they can't use it in court. And if he passes it, they can't use it in court. But... If he fails this test, it's like a
1: fear tactic again, a fear
0: tactic. They're going to go in and go, you failed the polygraph. Got if it. he passes it, they're going to walk in and go, thanks for taking that. Let's keep talking. Okay. So it's just, it's just a, to use against him, which is why I say, don't ever take a polygraph because if by chance you do fail, which happens a lot, you're screwed. Like mm-hmm. they are going to keep interviewing you until you say what they want you to say.
1: And you're talking about for innocent people, by the way. I am way. talking
0: about... I'm never talking to guilty people on here, yes. okay? Guilty people can suck it like on Peyton my Like Peyton just podcast. said,
1: you shouldn't be listening <laughs> to this if you're guilty.
0: But I, I am looking out for you innocent people, okay?
1: We're jumping into an ad right now. And I... No joke. I've had this question. I think about all the time because I hate getting sick. Do you ever wonder why some people just don't get sick? One of the reasons you can help yourself from getting sick is armra colostrum. Our audience receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash husband or enter husband to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's tryarmr dot slash husband.
0: Uh, the FBI in between these interviews. So Chris goes home for the night, the night. And before he comes in for the next interview, the FBI interviews his mistress, Nicole Kessinger, the bad Nicole, because they've gone through his phone, found out he's cheating. Bring her in. She's obviously a huge part of the story because that's motive all on its own. She tells, uh the police that she thought 100% that he was divorced and is concerned for the fact that the, that they are missing, that the wife and kids are missing. She claims that the fact that Shanann was 15 weeks pregnant goes to show her that he was lying to her face as well, just not to his wife, but to her. And I'm going to jump into Nicole a little bit later on in the podcast, but I'm just going to leave that as that for now. The next day, August 15th, 2018, three days after Nicole, Shanann, Bella, and Nico have gone missing, Tammy Lee, a CBI agent, which is Colorado Bureau of Investigation, joins in on the interview process with Chris and Graham. Okay. She is going to perform the polygraph for Chris, which he has agreed to do. After the polygraph, Graham comes back in with Tammy. So they do the polygraph Uh and the whole time, Tammy is also very well versed. She is telling him the best part about this polygraph, Chris, is that when it's over right now, only you know the truth. Uh But when it's over, everyone is going to know the truth. So if you know, it's going to be great for you because you're innocent so when you pass wow. this polygraph, it's gonna be great. It's all gonna go away and we're gonna find the you're we're gonna find your family.
1: That's kinda creepy. Uh-huh.
0: Like she is so she is so but, I mean good. it's really good. Yeah. So after the polygraph, Graham comes back in with Tammy and he he obviously failed the polygraph like he's the worst liar oh, really? he, he felt the polygraph taking the doing the news interview yeah, i was gonna i was
1: gonna ask that that he maybe pass it or no he's he the it. worst
0: liar i've ever seen in my <laughs> life okay. so he definitely fells the polygraph graham comes back in the room and aggressively sits down like he pulls the chair out and kind of slams himself down um and stares at chris he's doing this because he wants chris to poop his pants to okay. go i just felt this polygraph and they know They know. So he was all buddy, buddy and friends with him before. Now he comes in like the FBI investigator that he is like he he just sits down.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is so I mean, he killed his whole family. Yes. Like, it's just horrible. Yeah.
0: He stares at Chris and he starts tapping his pen loudly on the desk like he's making it the most uncomfortable atmosphere he can for Chris. Tammy tells Chris, "Okay, you failed the polygraph like obviously you're a really bad liar. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that, but you're a horrible liar and you failed miserably. Mm hmm. And he goes, okay, <laughs> he just, he just is like, what am I going to do?
1: Oh my God. Like there's
0: nothing he's going to say, yeah. you know, cause he's just been lying this whole time. And then when she says, so let's tell the truth, like let's tell the truth. Now you've been lying this whole time. Let's tell the truth. Yeah. He claims, oh, I'm not lying. I did tell the truth. And Graham cuts him off in the middle of a sentence and says, stop, Chris, stop. Like we know you're not telling the truth. Tammy keeps telling Chris over and over that she can tell he wants to come clean and that he's sick to his stomach about keeping this lie up. She projects optimistic expectations onto him and hopes that he will live up to them. Like Chris, I can tell you're a good guy. I can tell that you lying is making you sick to your stomach. I can tell you want to come clean. So come clean. She's, she's doing everything she can.
1: I feel like in every single movie, they do the exact same Uh thing. So it must be pretty similar. Yeah.
0: They keep things optimistic and positive in hopes that he will open up without getting a lawyer. So, at first, when they come in mad and see that he didn't just go, okay, I failed, they start to turn it around and become his friend again in hopes that if they can just warm him up enough and be like, we understand you failed. So, just tell us what happened. It's going to be okay. Don't get a lawyer. It's going to be okay that he'll do it. Tammy reduces the crime and the reality of what he's done so that he can feel less judged and comfortable with them. And like I said, when people watch this, it makes them uncomfortable the way she's.
1: So was she saying things? I mean, maybe you're going to explain it. But I assume like you guys had a tough marriage and stuff like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Like trying to make it not his fault.
1: Got it. Uh
0: Graham tells Chris you know, I know you were a good dad. I know you love your kids. He's trying to make him feel like a better person. Right after that, Chris blurts out, I cheated on her. Oh, wow. They say, yeah, Chris, we know we obviously had your phone. Like we know you were cheating. Um, they just keep repeating positive affirmations to him, even though some of them are lies in hopes to change Chris's own self image so that he will confess. I hate this part, but they do start to blame Shanann for the problems in the marriage and where they were before all this happened.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, I understand why they are lying to him and painting Shanann in a bad light to Chris in order to make him feel like they're empathizing with him, but it it does suck because they're like, you know, she was bossy, she was this, and it's like, let's have some respect for the fact that, Mm -hmm. you know, something bad. And I know they can't have that, but just keep that in mind while you're watching. Don't let them taint... Your image of her, because they're trying—they're trying to get a confession. That's it's, it's, all they're—it's all attacked. It's, it's a show. Yep. And and Shannon did absolutely nothing to deserve what happened to her. Neither did Bella. Neither did Cece. Neither did Nico. hundred percent. So Let's keep that in mind. Um, they ask him if maybe it was an accident, um, that they could work with that in hopes that he admits to something. They have to give him steps to get all the way to the truth because one huge jump into the truth is too big for him. They're going to, okay, now he's admitted to the affair. Okay, maybe we can get him to admit to strangling her on accident or something happening on accident. He knows what happened to them, you know, just baby steps to get to the truth. They talk to him about how he hasn't cried this whole time. How he says that that night before when they were arguing, they were both crying, um, but since that day, they both haven't seen him shed a tear, and that's weird. They're like yeah. Chris, that's weird. Your 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 kids and your wife are missing, and that's weird.
1: During this whole process of all these interrogations, they don't find the bodies or any other no. evidence at no. all. Like They're, nothing.
0: Yes, no. So which is why they are working solely on Chris because they, they have can't no find leads. anything. Nope, they can't okay. find any DNA in the house. They can't find anything to even point them. What in about the right his? Direction. What about his car? Nothing.
1: Really? Mm -mm.
0: I mean, keep in mind, DNA testing takes a long time. So if Uh they were collecting evidence, they haven't gotten results back yet. Okay. But nothing to point them to where he might be or where they might be. Which is why they're going so hard on him. So remember, they said, you know, it's weird. You're not crying. You haven't cried this whole time. This part is so crazy because the inflection in his voice immediately changes. His voice gets shaky and broken and he says that just because he hasn't cried doesn't mean he's not sad but he's immediately fake fake crying fake emotion because they just told him that's what they would expect and so he's giving them what they asked for so
1: he's trying to cry yeah
0: the whole time he's like no i didn't do anything no i didn't do anything they're like chris you haven't cried at all and he goes just because i i haven't cried doesn't mean i'm not yeah. sad <laughs> Like he immediately starts so acting weird. like he's crying. It's it's the str- I'm like it's probably not awkward fooling. to watch too. It is. It's so uncomfortable to watch. He starts sniffling. He's obviously not crying. But as soon as they move off the subject of him not crying, he immediately stops. It's back to his regular voice. Oh my gosh. Their only goal is to find the girls. They don't care what story he tells them. This is when Tammy throws out the possibility that maybe Shanann hurt the girls um because They didn't leave that house that day. The only way they left the house was in his truck. And everyone knows that. The evidence proves that. So maybe Shanann hurt the girls and you hurt Shanann.
1: So something I thought of, and maybe the evidence points to this, but what if they left out the back door, right? Couldn't they technically have?
0: Yes, they technically could have. But keep in mind, all the doors were locked from the inside.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: So they figured out that the only way she could have left was through the garage. garage. They put a picture of Cece and Bella right in front of Chris at this point, and they continue throwing out, you know, Shanann hurt them, and maybe you got mad and hurt her. Out of the blue, Chris asks if he can talk to his dad. This is the first time in all the footage we have of Chris that he starts crying. He says, can I just talk to my dad? I just haven't. He he Uh flew all the way here to see me, and I haven't talked to him. They get Chris's dad and send him into the interrogation room where Chris is waiting. And Chris admits to his dad, Ronnie Watts, that Shanann killed Cece and Bella and then he killed her. This part makes me sad because the dad is so sick to his stomach, and you can tell. Oh, man. He tells him that the conversation they had that morning was emotional. And when he brought up the divorce, she went crazy. He went downstairs to start getting ready for work. And when he came back upstairs, she had killed the girls. And so then he freaked out and killed her.
1: It's interesting how he wouldn't admit that he killed the kids, but admitted admitted that he killed killed her. her. Kind of like what you were saying, like step by step. Slowly. He was admitting. Yes.
0: His dad tells him to hire a lawyer. And his dad's just kind of like rubbing his head, just, oh my gosh, covering his mouth with his hand, showing behavioral signs that he's in distress and patting Chris's back, but not like hugging him, just kind of like patting him and then says, maybe, you know, we need to get a lawyer. As soon as he says those words, Tammy and Graham come back into the room immediately. Oh, I'm sure. Because they don't want him to get a lawyer. When you watch these tapes, it's weird how soft and caring they're being with Chris, even after he just admitted that he killed Shanann. Um, They need his cooperation. They need to find the bodies. Once they find the bodies, it doesn't matter because all the other evidence will prove him guilty. So they're going to continue to caress him and encourage him to tell them where the bodies are at. So then they can turn all the evidence back onto him. Okay. He admits that the bodies of Shanann, Bella, and Cece are at the first location the first job site that he went to that day Shannon was buried in the field and bell and Cece were in huge oil drums because he worked for an oil industry oh, okay. remember did, and i'm talking like silos oh, like man. big big that is towers so horrible. of oil
1: yeah so did they not ask him wait why did you take the bodies like then no. interrogation or was it the interrogation just over at that point? So or- they came
0: back in, sit down and say, Chris, can you tell us where the bodies are? Can you tell us where they are? We understand what happened.
1: So they didn't even want to get into that. Nope, they, they weren't were- going
0: to get into details because they knew it was a lie. Okay. They just wanted to find the bodies at this point. They needed to. And they say that they go, it's cold out there, Chris, like they're cold. Let's bring them in. Let's get them out of the cold. They're your daughters. They don't talk about Shanann because mm-hmm. right now he's painted Shanann as the bad person he's crying at this point but keep in mind it's not because of what he's done he feels bad for himself he is distressed over the fact that the public will know what he did and that they will paint him in a bad light so as soon as they come back in and start talking he can't really even talk about where the bodies are because all he's saying is the press is going to make me look so bad they're going to paint me like my life is over they're going to make me look so bad
1: And little this, I mean, he'll be in jail for the rest of his life. And it's like, hey,
0: you just said you admitted to at least killing your wife and you're distressed about how the public's going to look at you. Like your priorities are so off, dude. Seriously. After they have determined exactly where the bodies are, Tammy tells Chris, so they they get everything written down. They're like, these are where the bodies are. They send people out to go look for the bodies. They send um, Ronnie, Chris's dad, back out of the room. Tammy, the interrogation keeps going. Tammy turns to Chris and tells him, that if the way he has said that this all went down is not the truth she would hate for Shannon to get that kind of rep so she's like you know if thanks for telling us where the bodies are now if what you're telling us is the truth and shenan killed the kids and she really didn't you're gonna be okay with that you're gonna be okay with painting her as the bad person if she didn't really kill those kids so they immediately turn on him yeah they're like chris we know she didn't kill the kids They tell him that his story doesn't make sense, even though they are the ones who basically planted this story in his head. Like, remember, Tammy was the one who was like, well, maybe Shanann did it and you hurt Shanann. And now they're telling him his story doesn't make sense. They're like, that doesn't make sense. All along, they knew he did it. They just want to know where the bodies are. And then they arrest him. He doesn't admit to it. He says, nope, she, she hurt the kids and I hurt her. And that's how they end the interrogation. He's arrested. Three months after the murders, Chris Watts pleads guilty to all charges of murder, to murdering Shanann, CeCe, and Bella, in order to not get the death penalty.
1: Oh, wow. I was going to say, why did he plead guilty? So his lawyers, I'm sure, told him, Are them, like, you're hey. going to have
0: to plead guilty to all three okay. to not get the death penalty. He's sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. According to the DailyMail.com. recently, Chris has come forward and done interviews with people. He has claimed that he had actually planned and thought about killing them before that night.
1: Oh my God. He had
0: actually tried to slip Shanann and oxy in hopes to induce a miscarriage, but it didn't work. He says that when she got home that night, he had a feeling that Shanann knew he had been cheating. He also claims later that he originally tried to smother the girls in their bed first. So he woke up that morning and it didn't go like he said it originally went. This is what he said recently. So this wasn't in court documents or anything. This is just in interviews. Okay. He says he woke up that morning. She came home. They really did have sex. Yeah. They go back to sleep. He wakes up that morning for work, goes in to Bella and Cece's room and smothers both of them.
1: Oh, so he killed them first.
0: He goes in, smothers both of them, goes back into the bedroom and kills, starts strangling Shanann. In the middle of strangling Shanann, both the girls walk into the bedroom. He hadn't killed them he'd only made them pass out.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So then he and they're freaking out because their dad just came in and tried to do that but they're confused. They don't understand what's going on obviously. Uh-huh. And so he uh he finishes killing Shanann and then he packs up all the bodies, packs up the girls, really does put them alive in the truck with Shanann on the floor, drives to the site gets Shanann out, buries her, comes back, kills both the girls in the back of the truck by smothering them. That is
1: horrible. That is just horrible.
0: And does one in front of the other. I'm not going to get into the details because he does go into details, but just so we can understand how horrible this crime was. It wasn't like he individually went into their bedrooms. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally.
1: And I think it's hard because when people start crying in the interrogation room, people want to naturally probably feel bad for him. Yes. But it's like he just killed three people oh yeah his family he killed his family
0: oh yeah and and he tried so hard and even honestly the media has done their own part in painting shenan in a bad light as painting her as this person who is demanding and just needy and uh-huh. all this stuff and i don't care i don't care how she acted none of this should have happened oh 100%. and those girls none of this should have happened
1: yeah it's and horrible
0: so keep that in mind when you're reading sources and stuff like that because i know it's not on purpose but sometimes people just do it so yes he's come forward recently and kind of updated his side of the story stating no she didn't hurt them i know i went to court basically saying that but it's not true i killed all of them and this is how it happened really this is how it really went down has never spoken about on nicole the mistress bad nicole and her role in it okay so now we're going to kind of get into just, it's short, a little conspiracy theory that people have. This has never been solidified or anything. Was Nicole the mistress in on it? Because he said he thought about it before. He he'd kind of planned it. They come to find out that there was a 199 minute phone call the night that Shanann came home between Nicole and
1: Chris. That was a long phone call. They're
0: on the phone for 199 minutes. They hang up. Shanann walks in the door. They have sex. He wakes up a couple hours later and kills his family.
1: Uh, yeah. We I don't, don't know
0: what happened on the phone call. I don't even know. We just know that that phone call happened. People claim that her interview with cops is sketchy. She doesn't have any emotion for the fact that Shanann and the girls are missing. She's laughing. She's kind of talking like whatever about it. Oh, no, no. He was lying to me. I don't know. He didn't know. Um, After he was arrested and going to prison, Nicole, uh, bad Nicole, Googled how to write a book off of a situation like this. So she wanted to profit.
1: She wanted to make money off of all this. Off of
0: being the mistress of a man who killed his family. Okay. She had also, in her interview with cops, she claims that she didn't know he had a wife, remember? That she thought they were divorced for sure. They go back through her Google search history Find out that she was looking at Shanann's Facebook often. Oh she knew gosh. that they were pregnant. That's she pretended she, when cops told her, she was like, he was, She was pregnant? She knew oh, that so Shanann was, was pregnant. She, was she flat saw, out lying. She, yes. She was lying about everything she knew. She had Googled um, stuff about wedding dresses. I told you. She had Googled about how to be a mistress. She had Googled stuff about sexual things like how to do sexual things with guys he had googled how to how do you know when you're in love with someone which like you're married and have kids you should probably know that that. is so
1: strange
0: so all of their google history has kind of sprung up this conspiracy theory that maybe she knew that he was planning on hurting them or something because she completely lied about knowing anything about it but then all of her search history on her computer and stuff proves that she did know stuff about it i'm not saying either way i'm just saying that there's more to nicole's side of the story so if you're interested in that you can go ahead and look it up
1: okay yeah that makes sense
0: and that's my part two of chris watts
1: that escalated so quickly from the time that they went and watched all the video footage of nate Nate. i'm sure if they didn't have that he probably would have not been found guilty right
0: no i think that it was very his behavior was very alarming and so it was i mean everyone was suspicious of him not just nate it was nicole her best friend it was the cops it was basically everyone in her life was suspicious of him and it didn't help that he had a mistress and all everything stacked up i think in that the interrogations would have still gone the same the only part that uh the the video footage did for them was to be able to look at him and say they left in your truck yeah there's no other way they left
1: thing nate nicole and the cop really did help so, so
0: much. much yes and like i said nicole the best friend she is just amazing yeah. she was such an advocate for shenan and continues to be um so recently on tiktok there has sprouted up a video because of the netflix Um, documentary on this people have gone back and started watching the footage again of all of it you know watching them walking through the house and someone put up on tiktok a video watching the footage and they're freaking out because in the background of the footage when they're standing up in the foyer looking at the cell phone you can see one of the girls bedrooms in the back and a little girl pokes her head out of the doorway
1: what and it's real
0: yes it's real and so everyone was freaking out like the girls were there like they were ghosts that's what they were assuming like Uh it was a paranormal thing caught but like oh my gosh they were there watching in watching everything anyways come to find out it was just left out of the media because they were underage but nicole didn't just bring her son she also brought her little girls to the house that day so the little girls were also going through the house so if you did see that tiktok thing don't be freaking out because when i first watched it i was like (laughs)
1: <laughs> like oh my gosh oh my
0: gosh but then as i kind of dug deeper into comments and research and stuff i figured out that because they were underage they had kind of been left out of the story but they were there that day supposedly mm-hmm. i mean uh, that could be just fake too okay <laughs> but no i just think all the attention that this case has been getting is you know good in a way that it shines light and gives shenan nico bella and cc more justice which is what we're doing by telling these stories and yeah i mean i this this story is crazy but it's also been one that has captured my attention from the very yeah beginning. It's,
1: i it's just crazy that i never hear these i mean you tell me these stories every single week and i never yeah. hear i mean it just goes to show that i'm a little i don't know if oblivious is the right word but i don't dig deep into anything yeah. true crime
0: well also i mean like our my facebook and everything really okay i don't use facebook so don't try to friend request me on facebook okay i don't i don't have friends on facebook but i do use facebook for true crime groups yeah. so that's literally the only reason so my whole facebook feed is just true crime stuff And
1: mine's all like this business yeah b- yeah, stuff. yeah so i mean <laughs> my
0: life is i get ads and stuff for stuff like this so and sports yeah so that's probably why you're getting other stuff yeah and i'm getting all this stuff but i mean these really do affect your life like we were driving through a neighborhood today and i looked at garrett and i said this looks like shenan watts neighborhood like these are the type of houses that the name i mean you just start drawing little like oh tying things together you know it's crazy
1: yeah that is crazy
0: so i will be posting all of the media that goes along with this obviously not the full videos of stuff because Mm -hmm. they're long but i would highly suggest you get on and watch the video footage because that's honestly what makes this case so captivating for people is that you can actually watch it unfold in front of your eyes and yeah that's the case of chris watts um and i love it and i hate it goodbye